When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to Fight Night on Talk Sport with me, Gareth A. Davis, with Spencer Oliver joining me in the studio. Well, it was a bumper show, Fight Night, this week. First of all, we spoke to Ben Davison all about Josh Taylor and the guys that he looks after. He's formerly the trainer of Tyson Fury. He brought Tyson Fury back to health, back to mental health, back to physical health. He led Lee Wood, who you just heard, to victory against Shu Kan last weekend to win a world title. He led Josh Taylor to become the undisputed champion in America months ago. He is... The one and only, and there's lots more people in his stable, and we'll talk about him right now, about them right now. He's the one and only. He is the man who has adopted Sun Tzu, the art of war. His his Instagram gives out wisdom five times a day. I can't hear him laughing yet. It's the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ben Davison, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, Gareth. You? I'm very well, thank you. I've just been... Ben, Ben, I've got... end up getting a job as an MC there. Ben, I've got to tell you, that was an amazing build-up there, mate. But if you would have just seen what Gareth Davis was doing in the studio, in that music intro, before introing you, mate, if you would have seen the dance moves he was doing... He knows. I, I, he knows. I, know, I, think, I think you would have put the phone down, Ben. I've got to be honest. <laughs> the sad thing's Ben's seen some of my moves. That's wow. all, you know. Really? Oh, that's right. <laughs> really? Uh, ben, we've just had Lee Wood on. Spencer and I spent a, a wonderful half an hour with him on Zoom earlier today. Um, the, the, the joy coming out of the guy and the joy of celebrating with him. Let's start with Lee Wood. How satisfying was it for you last week to A, hatch the game plan, instill the self-belief into Lee and just know that he could do it and see the plan uh, through to fruition, and the fact he's now quoting Sun Tzu on the art of war all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, look, it's it's one of them. It's, it's the reason I do the job that I do is to help these lads fulfil their uh, fulfil their dreams and fulfil their goals. So to help Lee firstly achieve the British title when he, you know, previously had failed to his first attempt was uh, was a great achievement, and then to obviously go and win win uh, the WBA World Championship last weekend was um you know it was a dream come true for him and very satisfying for myself and, and the rest of the team as well of course ben what was the secret mate what you know how do you install that added confidence i know you come up with the game plans and, and we spoke to lee about that and he talks about you know how he 
you know, you made him sort of nullify the work rate of Tucan, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you install that confidence and that self-belief, which is what you need to get over the line to win a world title? You know, because we know these fights are tough. How do you install that into a fighter? Because you seem to have done a great a great work with Lee Wood in a short space of time. You know, if we go back to when he lost to, say, Jazza Dickens in, in 2020, a year later, you know, he, he's... He, in between that, he's won a British title. Then he's gone on and won a world title against one of the best, if not the uh, one of the best, or if not the best featherweight in the world in Chukan. How do you install that confidence? Because that's pretty much where it is, isn't it? He's got he's got the boxing ability, and you've come up with an, executed an excellent game plan. But how do you install the confidence? I think it just comes from going back over the footage, breaking it down, making sure that they fully understand what they need to do, but most importantly, why they need to do it. Um, why they wasn't successful previously, what the problems were, why they was problems, and how those how you change those things and why they need changing, and just making sure they fully understand it. Because once they fully understand it, they believe in it, and when they believe in it, then you're off and running. Lovely stuff. Um, look, um, let's move on from Lee Wood. I mean, I want you on all night, Ben. I'm I'm actually hoping you're going to stay with us. Uh, through the break and on the other side, because I want to have a debate with you. Ed, 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 our producer, is shaking his head. Well, I'm, I might have to do a walkout here or a sit-in. I might take a vow of silence. All right, he's agreeing now. Okay. Um, look, <laughs> I want to talk about Josh Taylor now, because th there's been yeah. rumours that it could be um, Glasgow, I believe, Calvin Hall. It could be December, and it could be Jack Catterall. Are you, I know it's not confirmed yet, but are you getting those soundings as well? Yeah, I think that it is dependent on Josh's uh, hand rehabilitation. As long as that goes to plan, I think that uh, it'll definitely be looking like end of the year for Josh. Oh, you don't want to say too much then, I can tell from that. Um, did, <laughs> w w w did you have, um, just going back to the featherweights for a moment, did you have Jazza Dickens and Kid Galahad on just now? Were you watching it? Yeah, I just watched it. Totally dominant from Kid, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was a brilliant performance from, from Barry. A real uh, gutsy and, and showed a ton of heart from Jazza Dickens. One thing I will say, Kid Galahad at the end there, and this is no dig because I know him and I like him, but he's sitting there saying that my world championship doesn't say regular on it. No, but it did say a vacant world title when he went in to, to fight for it. So, you know, it's just a shame that a little bit disrespectful to, to Lee Wood, I felt there, saying that he was labelled... Um, the world title, whatever the world title was labelled, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kanzu was Ring Magazine number three. He went and fought and beat the champion. Um, and that's not taking nothing away from Kid Galahad, because like you said there, Jazza Dickens is, is off world level. It was a brilliant performance, but uh, it did upset me there that he seemed to try and make a slide dig to his old teammate as well, Lee Wood. Yeah, they have sparred together and they have worked together. Um, I think that kids weird sometimes he's incredibly respectful but I think when he's got adrenaline in him he can be very um vicious look he's he's had to wait for his opportunities as well he's had and to you think know what what one sorry to butt in there Gareth one thing about him is I've seen and I know and I've heard with, with people that have trained with him and, and lived 
lived with him in like to Billy Joe that mm. he is in that gym every day so he fully mm. deserves that same as Lee Wood he's in the gym every day and he fully deserves his success as well yeah I also think do you know what I think is very smart from Kid Galad you know he's a product of that Brendan Ingle gym and they like to build fights and what he's done there is he's had a dig straight away because he recognises hold on a minute unification featherweight title fight two British guys this is huge let's have a little dig at Dick Lee Wood like you would and that builds up the momentum straight away gets people talking and like we are now on the show so actually I think that was a stroke of genius him having a little dig there because he knows actually how, how good a performance that was from Lee Wood he saw it with his own eyes he knows that he put in a career best performance it doesn't matter whether it's regular super super or whatever it is he's a world champion and, and he recognises that but I think he, that was a stroke of genius him just trying to already build a fight that we would love to see yeah potentially it might have been We kept Ben Davison on the phone with us and Kid Galahad joined us fresh from his victory over Jazza Dickens and the two went at it. Who was the real world champion Kid Galahad had to say? Have a listen to this. Given that we've spoken to Michael Conlon tonight, that we spoke to Lee Woods, that um, uh, that Jazza Dickens lost to Kid Galahad tonight, that um, Josh Warrington's got a fight coming up, the rematch with Mauricio Lara. I w- let me ask you, first of all, you're a student of the game. Um, you, I've always been impressed by your astute knowledge on the sport. Is Josh Warrington sensible in taking this immediate rematch with the Mexican Mauricio Lara who shocked and stopped him in their first fight back in February? Well, stylistically, this is, this is again, um, it, it's not always about levels, it's about styles. And volume puncher like Josh Warrington and like Kanzu, when they come up against a genuine puncher like Mauricio Lara and Lee Wood, it often doesn't end well for them. One of the fights that we studied for Lee Wood was Shane Mosley versus Antonio Margarito. Um, because volume punches have to spend a certain amount of time there in distance to let those vol- the volume of shots go. And obviously, they're going to be there to be hit back by the, by the puncher. And they need momentum, mm. and they need momentum and timing early on in the fight, don't they, Spencer? Absolutely. Also, I think Mauricio Lara, what what we what we found out about him when he came over and he beat Warrington was that actually he's a big volume puncher, but carries a big dig as well. He yeah. was one. I think Warrington got tactically got it totally wrong. He met him head on straight away in, in the terror. first round, in and he, when he got tagged, and he never recovered from that because he got tagged badly in the first round. Fourth round, I don't know what you think about this, Ben. You can you can tell us about this, Ben. In the fourth round. And that fight should have been stopped. It was allowed to go on way too long, which is not good for Warrington, you know, because he, he got beaten up so bad. That's not great going straight back into an immediate rematch after, after taking that much punishment. But do you feel that that fight should have been stopped in that fourth round? Because to me, he was totally gone and I thought the referee let it go on way too long. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a... I think there's an argument for both and it's down to each each individual's opinion. I mean, for the fight to have been stopped, I don't think there would have been many complaints. However, I think that um, the only complaints that would have been there was, oh, you know, uh, a world champion needs to be given every more opportunity. Yeah. So I think it's just down to individual opinion. But yeah, I, you know, I've got to agree with you there, uh, Spencer. I don't think that, well, I wouldn't have been complaining if, mm. um, if it was stopped there. But throwing it forward... Spencer and I were speaking before the show. We both think it's a very risky fight with him, for him, and you, you you tend to agree there, I think. No. 
yeah, I just think stylistically, it's, you know, that fight is always going to be a difficult fight. Um, and these are the problems you can have when you don't know too much about the opponent. So at the moment, right, there's four brilliant young featherweights who are all on great streaks. Michael Conlon, obviously Irish, um, from Belfast, fought last night. Um, we'll hear from him. I oh, know we've heard from him already. Have we heard from him? No, yet? we don't. No, heard later him, on. Yeah. We'll hear yeah. from him later on. Um, because it's pre recorded, I couldn't remember if it run out in the show yet. Josh Warrington, we've just mentioned. Lee Wood, your guy. And Kid Galahad, who's won tonight. Now, Spencer sees Kid Galahad as the number one in the division. When did, between, hold on, hold on, you haven't asked me yet. No, 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 but we were talking in the break. And you no, 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 you haven't asked me yet. I'm putting you no, on the spot. I'm, no, that's out right. of order, because right, okay. I, I, you, haven't, you haven't asked okay, me that. Okay, all right, all right. I, I'm actually, you're actually wrong there. Okay, come on then. You're who's, actually wrong there. Right, that's that, fine, I don't mind being wrong. Who, yeah, who, no, who you've got to ask me the question, I'll tell you who is. Who's the best out of those four then, Spence? Tough call, actually. I, um, For me, yeah, for me... I've never heard him be quiet like no, this on, because, on the, on the show. Do you know why? Because it's, I'll tell you why it's a tough call. Because Galahad, I've always known his talent and I've always known that he was going to be there. Lee Wood surprised me unbelievably last last weekend and put himself right in the mix as one of the best featherweights out there. I didn't expect him to go out. I didn't think he would win, if I'm totally honest. I thought he was going to get well beat by Tucan and prove me wrong. And the way that he'd done it and the manner right, that he'd so done it was incredible. you're going for Lee Wood. That's but, fine. Okay. But Conlin last night right. was incredible. Okay. And I, and I so, put it now that puts him right back in the mix. So what I'm saying is, there's three names in there that I really at this stage couldn't decide. You and are that's so Galahad, splintered up Conlin, You're splintered and Wood. Up. No, no that, that, I've never known you be like this. There's something wrong listen, with you tonight. I'm honestly. just, I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> no, you're not being honest. You're just I'm sitting being on honest. the fence. I mean, you try to throw me under the bus and say that I said Galahad. Right, I didn't I'm, right, I'm going to say, of the four of them, or of the four of them right now, I favour Galahad because he's awkward when he wants to be, and I think I rank him as top. Um, ben, obviously, Lee Wood is your guy, so let me run yeah. through those other fighters. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious about this. Ben, you no, said Kid Galahad I earlier, did... and I'm going to get you afterwards. I'm going to ask our okay, producer, so, Ed. No, 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 Ed's not involved in this. It's me, uh, you, and Ben Davison. All right. So, <laughs> all right. are you still chilling, Ben? Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm thinking at the same okay, time. Okay, okay, right. So, got me so, yeah. So, Spencer's sweating in the studio right I'm not now. sweating. Yeah, you are. I'm you not are, sweating. You are. You are. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm undecided. <laughs> And I sound like I'm stuttering a right, little bit, but I'm right. not stuttering. I'm you just, are, you are. You're I'm, the I'm the same as Ben. I'm sitting there thinking, right. It's Wood, Conlin, Warrington. They've all got their pluses. Yeah, no, so Ben, Lee, Lee Wood. Does he? Be, does Lee Wood Wood beat beat Josh Warrington? It goes back to what I was just saying there. It's style matchups again. Josh Warrington's a volume puncher. If he's going to come at Lee Wood with volume, he will be there to be hit by on my life pound for pound the hardest puncher I've ever held the pads for by a long shot. So it's dangerous. However, Josh Warrington beat Kid Galahad. I don't think he beats him now, in my view. And I've got his style. His style. Styles make fights. Someone that can outwork Kid Galahad mm-hmm. clearly caused him problems. Yeah. Um, Let's throw Conlin in the mix now. Like his his yeah, performance last so. night was incredible. Yeah. Like he showed a lot of head movement, defensive skills. He also showed that you know he can bite down his gums here, which we know anyway. Um, and I thought that was I thought that was a career best performance by Conlin last night. Where did where did you see him in the mix after that? Yeah, I think it was a really good performance as well against a really good opponent. The only thing I would say to that is that you know 
the the featherweights that we're talking about are big men compared yeah. to TJ. Yeah. TJ's not a big, not a massive super bantamweight. Mm. Stood next to Lee McGregor as a bantamweight. Lee McGregor looked two weight classes above him. Really? Lee Wood, mm. Josh Warren, and Kid Galahad, they're, they're big, big guys. And, and it was, uh, like you said there, there was a lot of movement there from Conlon, which worked fantastic for the night against TJ. But to be able to do that against, for example, someone like a Josh Warrington, with that volume that can set such a high pace, or Kid Galad who can set mm. such a high pace, it, it it can be difficult. But this is what I'm saying. Stars make fights. Mick Conlon last night boxed the whole fight south for us, so we know that he can switch things up as well. He's not one-dimensional. That was the tactics he employed for, for last night. But he's got other layers to his game. So it's when you get to a certain level, it depends on how you go about the fight, the right tactics and the style matchups. And so, that's why Kid Galahad has such a problem as well, because he can switch things up as well. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing. That's why at the moment, and it's no disrespect to mm. Lee Wood, to Josh no, Warrington, to Mick Conan, I'm picking Kid Galahad as the number one featherweight out of those four at the moment. And do you know what? Wait for this. He's on the line. How are you, kid? I'm good, boys. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Great we're, performance, we're mate. Great performance Thank tonight. You. Thank you. Thank yeah, um, you. we've got Ben Davison on the line as well yes, tonight. Yes. How are you, Ben? Hey. How are you? How are, How are you, my you? boy? Congratulations. Thank you, boy. Thank you. So you know Gareth's going to be a bit of a ladle man here, and he's going to—you know—he's going to throw something in the mix here. I know it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, of, course, I do, yeah, of course, yeah. he is. Cool, where you go, Gareth? Yeah. Imagine, well, no, imagine we, that. We've just been having a debate for the last ten minutes. I mean, that there, there are four fantastic featherweights for me in the UK and Ireland at the moment: Mick Conlon, Josh yeah. Warrington, yeah. Lee Wood, who was on the show with us earlier, who was—we yeah. celebrated his success by interviewing him earlier—and yeah. yourself, yeah. kid, who's won tonight. Yeah. It's a great foursome to all fight each other, isn't it? Oh, 100%. But let me ask you a question. Who's uh, who's world champion? Uh, well, you're a world... Oh, well, we're going to go down that. Okay, look. Who's world champion? You're the IBF champion. Yep. And who's WBC? Well, it's not any of those other guys. It's Gary no, Russell Jr. W- yep. And who's WBO? Uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. And who's WBA? Uh, at the moment, it's Leo Santa Cruz. Okay, that's fine then. So there's them. There's so us four are world champions. Is that right? Well, no. What I'm well, saying Leo, is there's, there's well, Leo Santa Cruz. No, but that, is that, that, is that right or wrong? Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt there. One thing I will say, Barry, is don't don't take anything away from Lee Wood because I know how. Well no, I'm not. I'm not taking away anything from no, Lee Wood. No, I'm just finish, saying. Let me finish. Yeah. Let me finish. Though. I know how hard you worked in the gym every single day of your life to achieve what you've achieved tonight, and the same as Lee Wood the other week. Leo Santa Cruz has boxed for that weight for two years and got yeah. beat in that time. Lee Wood yeah. beat Ring Magazine number three there. Whatever people want to think of what the belt's called, he become a world champion the other night, and no one should be taking that away from him. No, 100%. Your I'm just saying, who's, 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 who's the world champion, though, though, Ben? Let's just put... You, you are. Then ben, you are, ben, and he who's, 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 uh, who's WBA? Josh, Davis. Active, Josh is active is it that Javante way. Is Davis, Cruz, Ben? Is we're it, not talking ben. about that. The situation is different. Let's just ask you a question. Let me Leo ask you a Santa question. Cruz has been beat in that but time ben, frame and hasn't boxed that way matter. for two years. It doesn't matter. Of course he does. I've just beat the guy who beat Lee Wood. Yeah, just for him beat you for that belt. That was a vacant belt. I don't want to have an argument. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying. I beat, I beat the guy who beat your boy. So that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Then vacated that belt and you won a vacant belt. Yeah, because he didn't want the smoke. He didn't want the smoke, Ben. 
But this is what I mean. Ben, you can go round and round and round. His bum is twitching. His bum is twitching. Barry, Ben, there's nothing you can say because it... I mean, just think about it, Ben. There's no point because what are you trying to tell me? Oh, yeah, Javante Davis is, is like, um, like welterweight world champion. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it as that then. Well, no, that's what I just said. Well, Leo well, Santa Cruz didn't beat in that time frame. Javante Davis is Javante Davis, however, is world champion, however, and however. Um, Josh Taylor is not is not unified champion. Let's leave it as that. Right, okay. Well, we're getting into boxing politics here, guys. Listen, yeah, listen. It's great well, to have exactly. you on, Ben. We're gonna. This is my point. Kid. This is my point. It's, yeah. it's politics. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter yeah, it's, because it's, look, it's all opinion. Ben, it's just what, what you've achieved. What you've achieved there is a lifelong dream. What Lee would achieve there. Ben, is a let's just dream. let's just leave. Ben, don't be trying to. Ben, don't be trying to give last word in. Let's just leave it as that, bro. Yeah, I'm IBF yeah. champion of the whole world. Lee Wood is regular champion, and we'll leave it as that. And Michael Conlon is interim champion. He, so, we might as well put him in the mix. Let, let, let's. And Josh Taylor. And Josh Taylor is is unified world champion slash. Uh, Javante Davis is, is a super champion. Kid, well. we, kid, we take yeah, your point. Listen, we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to celebrate, I'm, I'm kids. Happy. We need yeah, to celebrate I'm, the fact that you won your world title ben, tonight. And ben, not, right. ben, no, listen, ben, no one needs ben. to try and take anything away from anybody. Exactly. No, no, hundred percent, Ben. You got to remember, I've known Lee Wood a very, very long time, and I promise exactly. you now, when he won that world title, I was over the moon from because, for one, he just worked just like as hard as me for a very, very long time. Earlier in the day, Lee Wood joined myself and Spencer in the wake of his winning of the regular WBA featherweight title. Lee was delighted, of course, to have won the title, and we shared the joy with him. A week on, are you still buzzing? Have you come down? What's the feeling? Yeah, it's um, sometimes, you know, it's just for me, like... I just crack on, and I'm I'm the same person as I was before the fight. It's nice to obviously the achievement. It's like massive, but I just sometimes forget, and I nip to the shop, and someone goes, and I'm like, "You're are you right?" <laughs> it's like, "What's your fight?" And I'm like, and it's it's most places I go, but it's nice. It is nice, but um, it does remind me because sometimes I just I just forget and just crack on doing what I'm doing. Got my kids, I have my kids for a week in the holidays. And it's been hard, mate. It's been it's been hard, but no, it's it's good to get reminded there. Most places I go, yeah, definitely. You say you're exhausted. Have there been lots of people contacting you over the last week, though, and, yeah. and congratulating you and so on? Yeah, I've never known about it. I've never known about it. Um, you know, it's like your phone goes mental. You just I, I try to get back to everyone, but sometimes it's just too hard. Yet. I'm not even I'm not even glimpsing my inbox on Facebook yet because it's, there's just so many, but. Um, I appreciate them all, you know, I, I sent out a message to try and to tell everyone, look, I'll try to get back to everyone, but it is very difficult. And yeah, like you say, it takes time to sink in. And I, I, I said, like, probably when the bell gets here, it will sink in and the bell's mm. not here yet. So when the bell gets here, I'm sure it will feel a, a, a bit more real. Like, the, the night after my fight, I didn't sleep. I woke up in the morning and um, the first thing I did, because I was in the same hotel room, and the first thing I did, I woke up, like, right, I'm fine today. I went on my phone and there's a picture of me with my bow on my Instagram first thing. I thought, oh, what a dream then. <laughs> it was real, do you know what I mean? It's that like kind of surreal. It was like that for like two or three days. But yeah, it's um it's a nice feeling, like I said. 
you've been on an incredible journey, like turning pro 2011 at the Clifton Leisure Centre in Nottingham, boxing small hall shows, winning masters, area titles. It's a tough journey, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're going through that old school route. Was there ever any doubts going through your career? Because you've had a long career as well. Did you ever doubt that you was going to reach the heights that you, you finally reached? I sometimes doubted if I'd get the opportunity, but I always, I never doubted myself and my ability. I always knew because every time I boxed at the level I was supposed to step up to, it was always like, well, I, I coached through that. And I have done it from rock bottom. You know, I boxed for a, a British Masters, then an International Masters, an area title. British title came a bit too soon, wrong weight. Then I boxed for a British title eliminator. You know, I've done it the odd way. Commonwealth title, WBO European, then British, and then... Um, and then world. And every, every new title I've boxed for, I've won by knockout. And that's um, no different to this world title. And I was getting questioned if my power, if I could carry my power up, which I knew I could because it's just physics. There's only thing, there's one, one thing stopping you doing that, and that's yourself. If I can land, then that's it. You know, it's, 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 I've got them, the power that, that can change a fight. The only thing changes really as you go up through the levels is the will to win, the individual's will to win and desire. So sometimes... They're not going to bow up. They're not going to take a few shots and think, you know what, this isn't for me. Because they've got to that level to prove what it takes to get there. And the same thing that takes them to get there takes them, keeps them carried in that fight to the last belt, to the last drop of energy in them. I've done it the hard way. Sometimes I doubt, I thought, is my opportunity ever going to come? 2015 was a really hard year um, with injury. 2014 defeat. 2000, I come back from defeat, tried to tried to bounce back fast and get back in there for another British title, but I got a really bad injury, bicep shot my arm. Then I come back again, uh, I beat Whale for a British title eliminator, won an area title, thought, right, now we're ready for another British. Then bang, got another shoulder injury, another year out, which was supposed to be months. Yeah, it was like, when, when my opportunities come, then I came back, came back to Ingle Gym and got back in the gym for a year and I had three small old bills, no title fights, and then, Next year came, hardly boxed, got promised British title two or three times. And I just thought, is my opportunity ever going to come? Is it going to ever? But in my head, I thought, nah, just, just stay with it, stick with it because I've come too far. You know, I've dedicated my life. Boxing was everything to me, it always has been everything to me since I was 12 years old. Like I said in other interviews, I promised myself when I was 18, I think I was, I basically said, like, look, you're going to do this because if you're going to do this, you're going to do it. And I I paced up and down the room I was in. I was like, right, let's wait up, let's wait up. And I said to myself, look, you need to make a decision. Are you going to turn pro within the next few years? I think I turned pro at 23. Or are you going to get a job and then just box, box amateur and, and box for fun, basically? And I basically said, I knew what I was going to do, but I just tried to tell myself, listen, if you're picking this route and you're going down this route, you're seeing it out to the end. There's no quitting. There's no giving up when it gets hard, when you've got no money when you're crying, when you, all the other bits and bobs that come with it, you're sticking it out. And uh, that, I think that, just that mindset from back then has is, is got me to where I am today. That's a brilliant life lesson. I wonder, and I know Spencer will be wondering this as well, have you sat there and watched the fight back yet? Not fully. Not fully. Really? I've, watched, I've watched glimpses of it, but yeah, I do need to get around to watching it. I've just had time. Literally, my life for the last, since my fight, is just, even before the fight, fight week, um, it's quite exhausting. It's lots of media and then the weigh-in and then refueling. And obviously, keeping on my game as well. Like going to going to the gym with Ben nearly every day in the bubble, just drilling what I needed to do in the fight. Um, then after the fight, didn't sleep. <laughs> then uh, 
had a few days and come home, pick my kids up, went straight to Skegness for the majority of the week. And I've only, only came back yesterday. I went, went out last night because my mate's leaving me to live in Dubai. So we kind of had this leaving do last night. We've got my kids today, just been to trampoline parks. Everything's been so fast paced. I've not really had time to to process anything or even look back on my fight or anything. But um, things will start to slow down soon. And then uh, I'm sure I want to watch it back. And because look, there's still room for improvement. That wasn't a punch perfect performance. I, I did what I had to do within the, the, the notice that I got six weeks, but I can, I can definitely do a better job. So yeah, we'll watch it back. I'm sure Ben will be watching it back and uh, picking up on things that I need to do a little bit better. It's part of it, part of learning, part of improving. Sure. You said everything's happened so quickly. I mean, we go back to 2020, you lost to Jazza Dickens, split decision, close fight. Then you win 2021, you win the British title against Reese Mole. Find yourself elevated into a world title straight after that. Really quick, did you, I think there's two parts, this, uh, two, two parts of this question, I think. Firstly, did you feel the pressure going in against um, Chu Can, who was recognised as one of the best, if not the best featherweight in the world at the moment? Incredible punch volume. You managed to nullify that and execute your own fight plan, and it was brilliant from, from you know, for me, from the get-go. I think that was a career-best performance from you, but you showed that you matured as a fighter. But I was going to say, did you feel the pressures going into that with Conor Ben getting COVID, you being elevated to top of the bill? That's the, that's the first question. And... The second one I'd like to ask, would you like Jazza Dickens in a, in a fight that I see as 50-50 against Kid Galahad tonight? Because Dickens has improved immensely. Could you imagine if Jazza Dickens wins that world title and now you find yourself like a year later, you're boxing, you know, you're boxing in a British title and now you're both boxing for a unified world title. How mad would that be? Crazy, mate. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, like, I th I'm not sure it works with all the organisations, but with BoxRec, if you lose on a majority decision, you don't, lose that many points in your ranking. So sure. I was always fairly decently ranked before that. Lost on a, a, a split or majority decision, whatever. And then, um, obviously, beat Mould, who was unbeaten. I beat him by knockout. So when you beat someone yeah. by knockout with, a lot of, with an unbeaten record, you get a lot of points. So my ranking was actually always pretty good. So I was always in the mix with the top 10 to 15 featherweights in the world. I was always still up there. My name must have been looked at by a lot of number of fighters in, in and around that uh, level. But to get that opportunity was just... Just it was just meant to be in my eyes. It was meant to be, but uh, pressure-wise, it was it was strange because when I'm on the mold fight with Ben, he kind of gave me a few serious things. And listen, you need to, you need to. We you want to win this fight, you need to do these things. Otherwise, you're going for an odd night, so you need to make sure you get these bang on right. It's going to be very physical. It's going to be this that. You need to do this and that. And I drilled it and practiced it and got it off. With this fight, it was a lot calmer. It was more like it was so short. It was like. You don't even need to spar that much for this fight. I had three or four spars this fight. It basically said, you don't need, it's not the same as the mold fight. You don't, you don't need all that sparring, all that physical hard sparring. You need, to, you need some spars, but um, you don't need as many. It's going to be a different kind of fight. And I was thinking, this is a world I want to spar as much as that. I'm a world tough. I need to make sure I'm ready. But he was so calm and composed. He knew exactly knew what was going to happen. And basically what he knew was going to happen went out. It happened exactly the same as what he thought. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What a fantastic guy Lee Wood is. And we are both, Spencer and I, delighted that he won the world title. What a story he is, what a narrative. Well, next up on the show, we were joined by Tommy Fury, who had plenty to say about his American debut and also that guy he's chasing in the ring, the YouTuber, Jake Paul. Tommy Fury, brother of Tyson Fury, joins us. And the great news is that he's going to appear on the, I hope I can call it the undercard, of Jake Paul's headliner against ex-UFC champion Tyron Woodley on Sunday, August the 29th. And Tommy, um, ahead of time, has warned Jake Paul that he will broke, sorry, break every bone in his face after the American took a, t- a jibe at his girlfriend, Molly May Haig. Well, Tommy is on the line. Tommy, tell us all about it and how you felt. Um, it wasn't, you know, necessarily in, in a comment to Molly because that's um, that stuff don't even bother me. You know, I don't yeah. lose any sleep, but it's not necessarily to uh, that comment. It's just in 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 a, in a hole. You know, he thinks he goes around talking this, you know, doing this, um, jumping the gun, ordering people around, and this and that. But you know, now it's actually here, and it's and it's um, you know it's happening. I'm boxing on the undercard. You know, there's some that happen. It's not just you know internet talk. It, uh, it becomes a bit more real now. And for me, you know, this fight's around the corner and it's just business for me. Um, you know, I know what I do in the gym. I know where I am in comparison to these guys. So, you know, it's just about proving it. We saw you last, Spencer and I, up in Telford. You looked magnificent. Um, you were big. I remember talking to you and your father, John, um, after the fight for TalkSport, a little interview we had there. And you were saying you're going to shed some pounds, but not for this bout, presumably. Yeah, no, I weighed in. So I normally weigh in at 12 stone 12 um, and I weighed at 13 stone 8 that night. Uh, listen, got the job done. Bit heavier than I would have liked, but at the end of the day, still still got what I had to do done. Um, for this fight, I've stayed in the gym, got my weight down. I'm in the best physical shape that I can ever be. Um, I've been training like a Trojan for the past, you know, six weeks. I've been giving everything everything I've got because this is the biggest fight today. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big occasion. It's one I'm more than ready for. So you will be at 175 is what you're saying, yeah? I'll be. I think the fight is at one eighty. Okay, it's at one eighty. Spence. Yeah. So tell me. So I think the secret with you is that 
you know, it was the inactivity, wasn't it, as well? You know, it's hard to keep your weight down when, you, when you're when you inactive and stuff like that. Is that the plan moving forward now? We're we looking to see you in the ring much more regularly because we know the talent is there, but that inactiv- in the inactivity is a big problem, isn't it? So will we be seeing you in the ring more regularly? And, you know, what's the, what's the roadmap for the next 12 months, I suppose? Yeah, definitely. That's always been the plan from day one, just to get out regularly and, you know, keep boxing. Um, my last fight was on the 5th of June, so, you know, it wasn't too long ago. I fought in um, March before that. So, you know, I'm keeping kind of active, a lot more active than I've been. Um, yeah, and that's just plan, keeping active. And the plan moving forward, you know, my career took um, a lot of twists and turns, you know. I, can't, I would never thought I'd be in this position today, you know, boxing on the undercard of a YouTuber and a UFC fighter. But, <laughs> yeah nowadays isn't it you know I never saw this coming but it doesn't really matter you know whoever I'm in there against in that ring on the night it's a fight and I treat that whoever the opponent is and whatever the show it's still a fight that I have to win and it's a it's a world title for me like every every single fight I have that's that's my world title fight because without advancing in these fights you're not going to get to that next level well I'm presuming and I hope I'm right about this that you're looking forward to Jake Paul knocking out Tyron Woodley after you've won so that you can then step into the ring and say right we're on the YouTuber fights the fury yeah, God willing, you know, that's that's the plan. I mean, you know, that, that that's why I'm here, that's why I'm training so hard, you know, that's why I'm doing everything right. Um, you know, God willing, I come through my test and God willing, he comes through his test, you know, we can get it on because, like I said before in many interviews, he's not put me on the undercard for the good of my health, you know, that's for sure. They've done it. <laughs> Realistically, though, do you think, Tommy, that he may see you in the flesh and see actually that, you know, you are, you know, a real boxer and you've got a lot of talent and he might start, he might then think to himself, you know what? Nah, it's not really something I fancy because that would be a massive step up in class for him to take on someone like yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can never you never know these guys. Um, you know, when you rock up there, they see you in the flesh and they see you know how big you actually are. And you know, I don't know. It is what it is. You can you can't tell what somebody's thinking inside it. He obviously doesn't need the money, so you know it's whether he's got a pair of balls or not. I've said that from day one, um, and I know that he hasn't got no balls, so. You know, I'm going, I'm going over there. It's me. It's, it's, it's my American debut. It's live on Showtime. It's, it's going to be watched all over the world. So I'm not really thinking about Jake Paul. I'm thinking about impressing um, the American audience and leaving my mark in the US. Are you? Are you do you not? I, I actually think he has got cojones. Um, and 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 I truly hope that he does want to step up against you because, um, and I actually have an instinct that Ty- Tyron was a a brilliant UFC welterweight champion. I, I've interviewed him many times, um, but he's definitely on the downhill part of his career now. Mm-hmm. He's been knocked out two or three times. He's lost his last four, and I think if the big fella hits him, and he's a big lad, isn't he, Jake Paul? I think if he hits him, he might well knock him out. And I think he has shown a bit of tenacity. I think his brother showed plenty of tenacity against Floyd Mayweather. I, listen, it was like me fighting Spencer, like a big guy fighting a little guy. <laughs> I'm only joking. Don't hit me later. Don't hurt me. Um, I've been trying to hit his six-pack earlier and I cannot budge him. Um, and, and I really... See, I really hope that he does win and he does take up the challenge against you because at some point, they're going to have to be shown a lesson by someone. Well, it, it, and I hope you're the person to show him that lesson. He needs to step up against the boxer. That's the point. Like, So, you know, he's going into these fights, he's having these against these ex-UFC fighters, etc. But he needs someone like yourself, Tommy, doesn't he, to show, you know, if he is really up to the task. Yeah, he definitely. Listen, the man's, uh, the man's a smart fella. He's gone down the route of getting these old, retired, useless, you know, MMA fighters that are mostly doing the best work on the ground. And 
kicking and whatever else, which isn't, you know, it's, it doesn't even matter in a boxing ring. So he's he's been smart about it. But after this Woodley fight, you know, God willing, he comes through that. I think that I'm the perfect, you know, match for him because I'm not an Olympic gold medalist, a fledgling, I'm amateur, all that sort of stuff. I'm just a professional boxer. I've been doing it a long time. It's in my blood. I know what I'm doing. I think it's a good step for him. Um, you know, he's calling out Canelo Alvarez and Conor McGregor and all this. The man ain't going to get that because them, man, them men there are, you know, icons of the field that they're in so they're not gonna he's not gonna expand into that and if he does he's gonna get his ass kicked very very badly um but listen i'm the man for him um and it's all the balls in his court it always has been you know for me i'd stand that fight right now there's no problem but this is the thing my mindset is on anti taylor that's that's just what it is he's been in my mind ever since he got announced as my opponent i'm gonna walk through him and on to jake paul i'm gonna do the same with him because what we need to understand here guys is I've been doing this a long time. It's in me blood. You know, we're rough, tough people. We've been brought up like that. These boys are playing at it. You've got MMA fighters here. We're not even boxers. And you've got him molding a YouTube camera, going a stick, and he wants to play boxing. It's two completely different things here. And this is what I'm here to show. Um, so they, be, they better watch the, the P's and Q's. You're training with John, obviously. Um, so yep. what happens when you go over to the States? I mean, I, I, I managed to catch Tyson's camp before he came home because I was out in Las Vegas and I spoke to Sugar Hill Stewart, Tim Alcock as logistics manager. I think your brothers have already come home. Um, you know, Shane and Huey had come home already. Um, do, you, do you, what will you do? Who will work with you when you go over there, Tommy? So for when I get over there, um, I'll have Jorge Capitello in the corner. He's going to be the one running the shots out there. And I've got the my corner people that I've always had, you know. Um, I'm more than happy with, you know, Jorge and me linking up for this fight because obviously the man's been in, you know, corners at the end of the day for world champions. And he saved, you know, saved the day against Tyson and Otto Wallin with a cut. Um, so the man can deal with the pressure. Oh, I saw him on Tuesday with Manny Pacquiao because he's training Casimero at the moment at the wildcard gym, actually. I saw him on Tuesday and had a chat to him and he didn't mention he'd be doing it with you. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, we've, this was just recent news. Oh, yeah, I'm more than happy that he's doing it. You know, he's, he's the man for the job. He's, he's a great trainer. He's got world champions of his own. And, you know, let's get it on. I can't wait to get over there and start working with him. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's brilliant news, Tommy. And I think it's a great move for you, by the way, going over stateside, showing your, your boxing skills over there because your name goes a long way. The Fury name goes a long way. Your brother Tyson has been getting a great reputation over there and building his name and building his stock over there. And I think for you to do the same is a genius move, mate. Yeah, no, I'm going to try to anyway, God will. I'm just doing the best that I'm uh, the best that I can do. I'm training hard. I'm doing everything by the book. I'm going to go over there. I want to make a statement, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, isn't it? So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and that's all it is. I never thought it'd come this early in my career, but we're here now. I'm going to take it with both hands. Well, after Tommy Fury, Bob Arum joined us from his Beverly Hills mansion in Los Angeles, and he had plenty to say as well about Josh Taylor and other matters relating to his boxers. Can I ask you to clear up one thing for my my colleague and co-host, Spencer Oliver, who is with me in the studio tonight? He is on the fence, okay, about who is the biggest star in America out of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Can you please put him straight? Well, Spencer, there ain't no contest. Mm-hmm. Joshua, it means next to nothing in the United States. And the reason for that is his only appearance at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it, they, people saw him on the floor and out uh, against uh, 
and Andy Ruiz, who's not considered a top flight uh, heavyweight. Sure. And and uh, uh, Tyson Fury has come over to the United States uh, and has captured the people's imagination, not just boxing fans, but the people. Everybody knows Tyson Fury. He's such a character. He doesn't shut up, but, you know, he's entertaining. I mean, he, he, he's not offensive. So people really take to him. Everybody gets a kick out of him. Yeah, Sean, what, what I was going to ask you, Bob, was because this is why I was sitting on the fence of it. I know that Fury's gone over there and he's made a name for himself and he's made a statement, but I didn't know what the appetite was for Anthony Joshua boxing. like Because obviously he boxes over here all the time, but I didn't know if the American public, the American fans, would watch him whilst he's boxing over here. Is it something that they've not really got an interest in? It wouldn't be much see watching. Uh, you know, most people... You go into a restaurant here, most people wouldn't even know who the hell he was right. uh, if right. you mentioned his name. And I don't demean his ability. I mean, it has nothing to do with his ability. Uh, and I know how immensely popular he is in the U.K. I uh, attended his fight uh, with uh, Joseph Parker uh, a few years ago uh, in Cardiff, uh, and there was a massive crowd there. So I understand that he's very popular in the UK, but he means virtually nothing in the United States. Well, before we, while we were waxing lyrical when when our technical crew were trying to get hold of you, Spencer and I were having a really interesting debate about um, Josh Taylor and Terence Crawford. Now we understand it hasn't been official, made official yet, but. We understand that you guys are making moves to potentially have Josh Taylor defend in Scotland, and we're hearing Calvin Hall, Glasgow, and it could be Jack Catterall. Um, can you? Well, it's in Glasgow. Is that is that a building that's called the Dome? Oh no, in the um, yeah, no, in the um, it's not the Calvin Hall. It's it's the yeah. I can't remember the name. SS SSC Hydro, the Hydro, Hydro Arena, the Hydro Dome in the arena. docks. In the docks, it, it, it was used for the Commonwealth Dome, Games. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the um, AEG. Is it now? Uh, yeah, it takes about twelve thousand fans, I think, Bob. That is, yeah, I think it's, I think almost close to thirteen. Days. Um, uh, Brad was there. Uh, Brad Jacobs, yeah. More, uh, Brad Jacobs was in uh, Belfast for, uh, for for Mick Conlon's fight. And that was a hell of a show, by the way. Oh no, we spoke and, to Mick tonight. Uh, he was fan he, he was fantastic, and he was um, we were you know he, he he was very pleased with the performance. Spence was very impressed. And Bob, I've we've only got two more minutes left with you because we have to go strictly to break. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, obviously that fight is being made, but um, are we fine with Tyson Fury and his camp? And how do you stop them getting COVID this time? What are you going to do around it for October the 9th to stop any COVID yeah. getting into camp? We have a whole uh, protocol that we're going to institute. No more hangers on in the gym. Nobody gets in the gym uh, without um, uh, taking a uh, COVID test every day. Uh, uh, we have a lot of procedures uh, to uh, protect uh, the uh, Tyson and his group. Uh, and most importantly, they got to get themselves vaccinated. 
I mean, this is goddamn ridiculous. You get yourself vaccinated, and you certainly cut down on the chance that you're going to get COVID. Bob, I just wanted to ask you a quick question before we go to this break, and that was about Terence Crawford and the possibility of Josh Taylor moving up to welterweight to boxing. Is that a reality? Because I've said on the show tonight that I think not only could Josh Taylor move up and box him, I also think Josh could move up and beat him. <laughs> well, I mean, Josh is a terrific fighter and a terrific young man, and uh, if he gets by uh, the fight with Catterall uh, in December... Uh, then uh, he'll have the opportunity to decide whether he wants to go up to 147 and fight uh, uh, Crawford or uh, stay at 140 and perhaps fight Teofimo Lopez. Finally on the show, we were joined by Scott Coker, president of Bellator, celebrating a new star in AJ McKee, who defeated Patricio Pitbull at the Forum in Los Angeles. I was there to witness it. It was a fantastic event, and truly, a star was born. Here's what Scott Coker had to say. Scott, I was just saying to Spencer, what an incredible night it was. And for Bellator, it was the coronation of a new star in AJ McKee, who everyone has been talking about all week as potentially a guy who's on the next, next level. Do you have that feeling about him yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy that we signed really out as an amateur fight fighter. And uh, for the last five years, I've been, you know, been watching him kind of carve his path way into the featherweight division uh, and then eventually getting ranked and then getting into the tournament and then, you know, fighting the guys that he fought along the way. And keep in mind, it wasn't even an eight-man tournament. It was a 16-man tournament yeah. to begin with because he had so many great featherweights. And to watch him, you know, flourish and dominate the way he did uh, last Saturday, it was impressive because nobody has, you know, ever done that to Pitbull. And the guy's been on a tear for six years. And and here's one inter- interesting statistic is Pitbull was the champion when A.J., first came on his very first fight at Bellator. Pitbull yeah. was already the champ. So this guy's been on a tear, and, man, you, I think you did, definitely saw a new star is born, and uh, he, he did a great job. And congratulations to AJ. One of the great debates afterwards, as we sat there at the post-fight news conference, the post-event news conference, and you got involved in this yourself, and AJ and his father, Antonio, is very vocal, who's brought him up. You know, he, he, he's <laughs> from Compton, and there was... This guy is clearly the number 145-pound mixed martial artist in the world. And there's been an outpouring this week. He said he'd love to fight Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. It would be an absolute privilege to be in a ring with him. That he'd love to fight all the other best heavy um, featherweights in the world. Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the UFC champion. Max Holloway is in the UFC. But everybody feels that AJ McKee is the number one at 145. Isn't it a shame that we don't have crossover, and Spencer's always surprised by this, that we don't have crossover fights in mixed martial arts between organizations. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about boxing is that, you know, growing up or even, you know, watching today, just being a big boxing fan for so many years, you know, eventually the best fight the best, right? The WC guy fights the WBA guy or, you know, vice versa, or, you know, Leonard fights Hagler, Duran fights Leonard, you know, it's, you get those big, big fights. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's just a shame. You're right. It is a shame in MMA that that you, it's not happening. And 
you know, it's really something that uh, the UFC is not in their business model. Uh, but I can tell you right now, we, you know, we would do it in a second. You want to fight AJ? You know, we'll do it. Uh, we would not hesitate at all. But, um, you know, listen, AJ is on cloud nine. I'm sure he's still partying from his, uh, his <laughs> victory from a week ago. Uh, he's a 26-year-old kid with a lot of money in the bank now. So uh, let him enjoy it. And when he's ready to fight again, you know, we'll put him back out there. But, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, being the number one, number one uh, featherweight in the world, that's AJ. And if you want to, if you, if somebody wants to come fight him, let's do it. But, you know, I, I just don't think the UFC will ever change their mind or policy on this. And um, one of the exciting things about last Saturday night as well, and the Forum is an amazing venue that has hosted music and sports events forever. It's one of the great, iconic uh, American sports venues, and I know you go there a couple of times a year with Bellator. Um, exciting to have a crowd back, and we're very excited that you're bringing a crowd back for Michael Venom Page against Douglas Lima. I think it's in London on October the 1st, isn't it? Brilliant that you're back. Yeah, it feels so good because, um, and you were there, you felt the electricity in the air, and people were just so excited to be out and be at a sporting event uh, watching MMA, and you, I just felt a lot of passion and uh, uh, a lot of joy and a lot of really just happiness for uh, us to be back in, the, in, the, in a live event where we actually have fans there and not limited fans where we can't set up proper ringside seats or get the media there. And, you know, I think that uh, what you saw was what, what hopefully it will look like in the future, including London, which are really excited to come back on October 1st. And that's a big fight. MVP fighting Lima. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a fight he wanted, he wanted to, uh, to take. And, uh, you know, this is, is going to be, a, you know, something that MVP told me. He said, look, I want to fight this guy. Don't, you know, if you can't bring me the champ, which we, which we couldn't deliver the champ because uh, he is uh, having, his wife is having a child, so they're having a baby, I think, in September, October. He said, look, I can't go back to Florida and train. I, I had to be here with my wife. Mm. So uh, we actually originally, uh, you know, thought of the title fight for MVP and tried to make it happen for him, but we just couldn't do it. And so uh, I said, look, it's not going to happen. And he said, "Well, then I gotta fight Douglas Lima because I got I gotta have I gotta revenge that fight. That's the fight that I really want. So I, I, yeah, that fight together. I yeah. imagine I mean, MVP stepping up. I yeah, imagine, yeah, up. exactly. I imagine MVP has been in your DMs for the last two and a half years chasing this fight. Anyway, because he's he's certainly vocal every time he's uh, he, he talks about he, the only thing he talks about is this rematch with Douglas Lima. It's like he's he's like raging for it. Um, before we go, um." There's exciting news as well. I mean, AJ McKee, of course, fought in Dublin. We hear there may be a Dublin event coming up. You've already announced Fedor Emelianenko and his opponent, Timothy Johnson. We're going to Moscow in October as well, aren't we? Cannot wait for that one, Scott, as well. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Fedor fighting in his home uh, city where he lives now. Uh, he was from Stereosco originally, but uh, moved to Moscow, I want to say, five, six, seven, maybe seven years ago uh, to go there and... Uh, you know, we're going to get uh, Minikoff back into the cage. And and seeing that Usman won, uh, Nemergomedov won uh, uh, his fight in L.A., he's also going to be added to that card. So it's going to be a great card. Khabib's going to be in town. He's going to work the corner. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, it's going to be a star-studded event in, in Moscow. And uh, I'm excited. Fedor's excited. This is something that, you know, three years in the making to make this happen. So uh, really, really pumped up about that. 
Well, that just about wraps up the show. My thanks to Spencer Oliver and all our guests for joining us on this week's Fight Night. Enjoy the podcast. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.